Hey, girl. Hey, friend. What's new in your world? Oh, nothing. Just started a new true crime comedy podcast, and I'm literally bursting at the seams. What about you? I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, this is so much fun. What are we covering today? Uh, oh, boy. Um, it's Princess Diana. Red alert, red alert. I have here in my notes, insert the Patrick screams here. This is a really fun one to do, and to pick as our first case, it's truly only going up from here. I agree. From the top, you guys, before we get into it, we just want to add that this episode was pre-recorded before Queen Elizabeth's passing, and although what we say doesn't really change, um, I don't take anything back, <laughs> but uh, good. So it's all still sad nonetheless. Yeah, the Queen was kind of trash uh, literal trash <laughs> <laughs> um okay so this is actually a little bit of a long episode uh, but i promise you there's some really good stuff in there and if you listen to the trailer like brooke said you know we are very well researched and we try to be um so yeah enjoy <laughs> yeah here it is episode one of princess diana <laughs> Okay, so today we are talking about the death slash potential murder of Lady Di or of Princess Diana. Um, very very scary. Like, and we just passed twenty five years well, of her anniversary. Okay, so I have a confession. I'm not really a royal person. I like no same. Okay, good. I didn't really like watch. You know, uh, Kate and. Uh, I, see, I don't mm-hmm. even fucking know. Kate and William. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't really watch their wedding. I, like, didn't... I didn't even know who Meghan Markle was before she, like, Same. got engaged. Like, I had seen, like, one episode of Suits. And then... Um, Wait, she was an actress? Yeah. That's... Oh, and see, I didn't even know that. Suits is kind of, like, I think her big, like, breakout thing. Because it's obviously, like, okay. a long, reoccurring role. And I, I think that was a pretty popular show when it was on. I was too young for huh. that. But, um... It's a good show. I like it. Um, mm-hmm. But I watched it, like, very recently. Uh-huh. But she, um, yeah, so I don't know, like, actually how they met. Maybe um, just, like. I'm not in tune with any of them. And, like, especially after diving into this, like, I, Queen Elizabeth is a fucking character on her own. and She's something <laughs> else. But, like, going through what I've watched and the research that I've done, is like, I genuinely, like, don't care for her. Yeah. So as long as, like, she's in rain, like, I'm. It's fine with me to not keep up with what's going on at all. Yeah, for real. And like, I mean, what she died in 1997. So I was two years old. I was I wasn't even two yet because my birthday is in October. So she died in August. In okay. August. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even. I was three. Okay. Wait, I'm older than you. I I didn't. I think we talked about this the other day, actually. Barely. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Um. Surprise. I know. Um, you have a way, you obviously have a better skincare regimen than I do because your skin looks way better, but. God, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like burned from tanning the other day. That's what this is. <laughs> this is my skin melting. Um, but yeah, so she died in 97. So it was like, I was way too young to yeah. even know what was going on. And I just didn't really ever care about this. Like I knew briefly the story and I knew mm-hmm. that there were conspiracies around it. That was the extent of what I knew. So researching this for two-ish weeks plus whatever, um, you know, 
it is way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. And now I'm like really glad that I know about it, but it was not ever on my radar beforehand. Yes. No, I agree. And two, like, I know we had talked obviously off the record or whatever about getting into conspiracies or not. Um, But like when you look, when I tried looking into them and I tried to use so many keywords to find things, like the videos were so bleak and the articles weren't even like, that deep into the any potential conspiracies so i feel like it's not something that's i guess really worth treading on just because i think it seems i think it seems pretty clean and cut as to what happened but and um i i'll get into it at the end but you know the person Mm -hmm. who was pushing all of these conspiracies was muhammad al-fayed dadi al-fayed's father and i mean every single article video anything that i found on him basically sought just to discredit him and make him seem like a crazy person and he kind of is so yeah i i think that's also adding to why like there are conspiracies about it but like nobody gives them any weight right right i agree i agree so fuck all the conspiracies (laughs) um (laughs) do you wanna i mean i i'm i think we're both on the team conspiracies if they're pretty credible or if they seem credible, if there's a good enough background to all of them. Um, but in this case, I just don't think they have any sort of precedent yeah. or ground, really. My philosophy on conspiracies is I'm open to hearing them, but there are so many things that have to be going exactly in the, the most bizarre like river of thought mm-hmm. for cons- for most conspiracies to be true. Like mm-hmm. like there have to be so many people keeping so many secrets from so many other people. Right. And right. that that that's just why like conspiracies are I'm I'm open to them, but I yeah. there's not a lot that I believe. Total sidetrack. It has to do with conspiracies, but I was scrolling through TikTok TikTok aimlessly a few days ago and I saw a video that like stopped me in my tracks and this guy was like dead fucking set on Britney Spears being the daughter of Janet Jackson. What? Yes. And I was like, <laughs> what? There's no fucking way. Like, there's just no way. And like, no. all he kept, all he kept going to, and I only watched the one video because I was like, this is so absurd. Um, all he kept going to was like how well their performances match up and like the same cadence of like choreography and energy. I was like, well, Janet like kind of paved the way for a lot of pop artists also yeah. so like what choreographer would not kind of pay homage or play off that choreography but i was like really bro like janet and britney i mean <laughs> how about the fact that britney spears is white as fuck white? <laughs> yeah, i know <laughs> like love her but she's so white <laughs> that was that was a reach but i was like this is this is the kind of conspiracies that like I don't have time for, but I do not think that Michael Jackson is dead. Really, I will say that. I oh, say we'll that. have to get into that some other time. Uh-huh. But maybe that'll be a, that'll be a good episode. I was gonna say we'll do an episode on, on yes. King Jackson. Uh, um, yes. Okay, so let's get into what we're actually talking about today. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Prince Charles Philip Arthur George, which is a lot of names. Um, yes. Prince of Wales. Uh, so we wanted to start with sort of like how they met and the mm-hmm. the romance that came between <laughs> Prince Philip or Prince Charles and uh, formerly Lady Diana Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, so sad. I know. 
So I guess the first thing to note, um, which I thought this was really interesting and something that I feel like most people gloss over because I always knew that there was, you know, rumor slash evidence that Prince Charles was cheating on Princess Diana with Camilla Bowles. Camilla Parker. Camilla Parker. Is it Bowles? Is it Bowles or Bowles? I think it's Bowles. I think it's Bowles too. But the E just fucking... She sucks anyways, I guess. Yeah, she does. Her part in this sucks, so she's a bowel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he dated Camilla Parker Bowles before he ever met the lady, of, like at this time, Lady Diana. So mm-hmm. yeah, he dated her before he went off to war, which again, I didn't know that he was in the war. Like he actually I didn't served. know that either. Um, mm. But... He told her not to wait for him since he knew his parents wouldn't approve since he was going to be king. Um, And apparently, which like, this is fucking gets my blood going. The reason Mm -hmm. that the queen and king did not approve of her is because she had had too many former sexual partners. Wow. Well, I would be fucked for any sort of place in the royal family. (laughs) (laughs) And then also, this is the manipulative bullshit that the queen does she put out a newspaper article herself that camilla camilla's boyfriend proposed even though he had not and then once it became public info quote unquote it was in the paper he was like well i guess i'm gonna propose and oh my god camilla was just like well i guess i will say yes and then they got married within a few months because apparently no one had long engagements at this time uh huh. Um, which makes me very anxious, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So how conniving? Like, how could you do that to? And I get if like Charles told her to move on and kind of seemed like he was going in a different direction. Also, he was going off to war. But like, how conniving of a mom to do that? Like, even if that was like someone that he truly loved and like really wanted to rekindle with later on, like that's that's bogus. That's fucked up. I know. Like, and uh. God bless my parents. I love them. But I also came from a situation in which my mom like told me, you know, you're not going to date that boy. You're not going to whatever. But to like force them into a marriage is just like a whole other level of manipulation because you're not only controlling your own family, like then you're controlling other people's lives. And like that is that's why there shouldn't be royal families. Exactly. First time hot take. I'm going to say too much rain. Yes. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so the next thing that I have, um, I guess, I don't know if it kind of transitions into your notes, um, but, and I, again, had no idea that he went off to war, so I really don't know what time frame that was. Um, but in August of 1980, news had leaked that 30 year, 31 year old Prince Charles, um, with 72 names spent the weekend with a 19 year old Diana Spencer, um, Diana was, or Lady Diana, she was a teaching assistant at a nursery school in London. Um, what really blows my mind is like the obvious age gap, like 31 and 19. Like even in today's society, when I'm, I guess in like American society is a big difference too. Like that would not be acceptable by any any means. But also I guess if you come from like an echelon of power or position, um, maybe that is a little bit different. But like 31 and 19 seems... Not aggressive, but like, I just, I thought that was the first, um, very clear sign that this was a marriage of 
proper like yes. channels okay. versus love because yeah. like we'll get into it further into their relationship but that was I mean what do you even have to talk about with somebody that's 12 yes. years older than you and in those two stages of your life like if you're 12 years older than somebody but you're 56 and 64 or whatever right that's different you've already right. been there done that but at 19 like what I was doing at 19 I literally was just like getting blackout drunk every single day. I weekend. can't even say it on the mic like I don't <laughs> want to persecute myself <laughs> it's not worth it <laughs> but yeah like I I remember when I was 22, I was on a flight from Washington, D.C. to Albany, New York, which is like the airport that was closest to where I went to college. And Mm -hmm. I I sat next to a guy who was like somewhere in like his mid 30s or whatever. And I was 22, about to graduate from college. And he felt so old to me. Like we had a very like, you know, spark connection thing, Mm -hmm. whatever that like I totally thought he was going to ask me for my number. But then, uh-huh. like, throughout the conversation, I revealed that I was still in college and, like, only 22 or whatever. And so oh. he, like, backed off, which yeah. was very noble of him. Ashley, yes. I don't know your last name, but he was a man named Ashley. If you're out there and listening to okay. this for some reason, good for you. But Shout out, Ashley. Raise yeah. your kids right. <laughs> exactly. Um, But he, like, even then, we were a little bit closer in stages of life. And I still mm-hmm. was, like, I, this was a nice conversation for an hour and a half plane ride. But, like, yeah. I don't know what else we would talk about if we ever went on a real date. Like, (laughs) I mean, he's been working for 15 years and I am a child comparatively. So I feel that way too with like totally off the rails, but like I feel that way with some of my coworkers too. Like, yes. Especially like in a big corporation in which I work in. Like, everyone is so much older and like has far more experience than I do. So it's like we just had our end of year event this Tuesday um so that like I that was my first time meeting anybody in the office like I've never seen True. anybody with legs so COVID. it was weird <laughs> yeah so it was weird seeing them in person but also being like well I really don't have anything to talk to you about yeah so I was like I it, listen it was open bar it was great <laughs> it was a quick two hours yeah and I left but yeah it, 31 and 19 years old I could not imagine no and um, the other most bizarre thing I think about their whole engagement, whatever, they met in person 13 times after they like re-met because they knew each other mm-hmm. as kids. Um, if for a little bit of background information, okay. they knew each other as kids, but again, such a huge age difference. It was like uh-huh. the neighbor boy kind of thing. Right. They met each other again at a polo match that he was playing Mm -hmm. in and she was just like watching they got reintroduced they saw each other 13 times in person before the wedding oh hell no that sounds very like if that's not orchestrated or someone like really guiding your way to like 13 times i i can't i can't imagine that and And then to get married every single one of those is on camera right like or they're Uh an they're an interview or they're just like paparazzi everywhere because they were so famous and everybody cared so much who the next king was going to marry mm-hmm. that they just like wouldn't leave them alone for two seconds so like 13 dates that are not real dates in my opinion no. to the point of the paparazzi like diana knew also that she didn't want to say too much with the paparazzi around um, because she was warned by her older sister lady sarah spencer 
um, who was actually dating Prince Charles three years prior to Diana and Charles. Also so um, weird. I know the circle. I mean, I've been in some weird situations and like talked to some guys where they've like talked to the guy that I've either dated before. So like that's totally different. But like to go from sister to sister, I I couldn't fucking imagine. But I, I think Charles, well, the warning that Sarah, her name's Sarah? Yeah. yeah. The warning that Sarah gave Diana was, um, you know, the reason they broke things off or the reason Charles broke things off was because Sarah spoke to the press. So like this press alone and speaking to them, I guess, kind of without any sort of assistance, really, or someone to squeeze your hand if you're saying too much, you know, it's is really a, a bad thing in that situation. Oh, I did not know that. I just I knew I like in my research, I had saw that they dated, but they um, they were I didn't realize that that was the reason mm-hmm. they broke things off. I just thought they didn't what know a, each other. It's just probably that, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't think honestly, I don't think that. Charles ever liked anyone other than Camilla. No. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I don't even know much about Camilla, but like he goes back to her at some point later on. So I mean, that kind of says, has some ground to stand on, I think. Yeah. I mean, um, he goes back to her multiple times. Like they're, yeah. their affair never really ended or restarted. Like it was just kind of mm-hmm. ongoing for the extent. And I think this is where too, like the queen started to have a lot of pressure on or put a lot of pressure on Charles to have things tied down. Um, of course, everything was so publicized and everything with the paparazzi. And like you said, the next king who's going to be, who is his choice in women, I guess is how you can phrase it. Um, yes. I know, but the queen wanted Charles to settle down um, and produce an heir. And to her, Diana really seemed like the perfect choice, but they also kind of had, or Diana's family also had, a dose of the royal life, I guess, in mm-hmm. their own little way. Um, Diana and Sarah's father was in equerry. Oh, yeah. So before she was... Before they were engaged, or actually, I don't know when, the, when this happened, but mm-hmm. um, originally her father was Viscount Althorpe, and then uh, later he was like promoted and he became the eighth Earl Spencer and her mother was then known as honorary Mrs. Shan Kidd. All these tiers of titles and positions are another thing that I can't so wrap my mind around. Insane. I tried to do so much research. Like remember I texted you that I was watching a six part documentary that I've never yeah. realized. Six <laughs> yeah. That was only on like the, is that, was the royal family like the royal house of windsor was the name of the mm-hmm. documentary so it was just about okay. like the the way that the family came to be why they were in power oh, okay. who they were and like the yeah the structure of all of that shit Jesus. and i was like i don't fucking have the patience it's like a this. college course on its own yeah and like i've heard some people say that like oh you just have to watch the crown and then you'll like understand it but i don't no, nah, no, thank you. That's not also something that I can get into. Like, what's the other one? Uh, Bridgerton. Yeah, like, I have I have a lot of friends that are really into that, and it sounds interesting, but like I can't commit. I'd rather watch like Euphoria and <laughs> get drink while I watch it. Like Bridgerton or The Crown is just nothing. It's not my cup of tea. It's so proper. That's what I can't yeah. handle about it. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, fuck. I like I'm 
tatted and pierced and whatever uh-huh. like i that is just not the life for me no it's a little bit fascinating but not enough to like devote time to watch the crown i don't know if you caught this in your um research but um diana's kind of first brush with the press or the paparazzi was um, a picture that was taken of her i don't know whose kids she's holding but she's holding a boy assuming it's a boy um and a younger girl um kind of toddlers um but the sunlight is behind them so it's projecting onto her back um and she has a white dress or a skirt on and you can see the silhouette of her legs um so that was when that picture came out the queen was pretty unhappy about that and diana was pretty embarrassed because uh she has a she was quoted as saying quote i don't want to be remembered for not having a petticoat in response to that picture and it's like to us and i well to me, it's a very innocent and real life situation kind of picture. It's very candid, but like something as simple as like the fucking silhouette of your legs through a skirt is bananas. I just like that was your first media mishap. I just think that's so crazy when you compare that to like Kim Kardashian, who literally shows up in like naked dresses to the Oscars yes. or whatever that she that I don't remember what she wore that dress for. But don't even get me started on Marilyn Monroe's dress that she wore. Like that <laughs> shit fucking enrages me. She had um, no right. <laughs> no, she really didn't. The media mishaps also with like, um, or I guess like things that the queen didn't like really is like. Princess Diana was always seen not wearing gloves while shaking hands with the public. And the queen made a big stink about you are touching common people with your hands and you need to stop. And yeah, I I think that that and, and then it was so Princess Diana and I'm sure we'll get into this later, but we had a very strong passion for like AIDS and the gay community in particular Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that she was in hospitals like holding the hands of AIDS patients as they were dying, which is like one of the most noble things I've ever heard of a person of that stature doing. Mm -hmm. And the queen was like... And no one till like to this day does anything like that. Oh God, Which is so fucking sad. And they didn't know at the time because the research was so lax on AIDS that like it wasn't transmittable by skin. But Diana was just like, these people need the comfort of human touch. It's more important. And Mm -hmm. the queen was like, you're going to get AIDS from that. Like, stop it. Fuck her. Fuck her. And I've also never, I feel like I've never seen Diana with gloves. I know. And I didn't think that that was a, uh, like a thing. I just thought that it was like the queen was so old that like Mm -hmm. gloves had been a part of the fashion of her time. Not that it was because she was royal. And so, oh, like, okay. when I see the queen with gloves on today, I just like, thought that, that was, like, part of her fashion. I mean, Of her, pe- yeah. her period. <laughs> yeah. Like, my grandma still wears, like, weird shit because it was just, uh-huh. like, the fashion that she was yeah. used to. And now mm-hmm. things have changed. But, no, it's it's a royal protection, basically. God, she fucking sucks. I can't stand yeah. this woman. I just thought she made a couple of comments, like, in interviews after they got engaged. And she mm-hmm. said once that... Um, Charles was the only man who could never divorce her, and that was part of the reason why she wanted to marry him. Hmm. Irony. And I think, like, Paul made a comment in the documentary. Um, he made a comment about her that she changed the royal family forever. And he, like, quote, the ghost of Diana will always haunt the house of Windsor. Mm-hmm. And that he, you know, made 
Kate and Megan's lives possible that they are how mm-hmm. they are. And I think that that is really, you know, what you're saying that like she came out on top in a lot of ways. And I think that that's she's way more famous than Prince Charles will ever be. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And Paul to Paul, Paul Burrell, I believe is the pronunciation of his last name. Um, he he actually had a lot of really good quotes. And I did not think that it was going to be solely focused around him the entire time as a talking head, which the, as it went on, like I didn't mind at all because he had a lot of firsthand and information and insight um, and things that I've never really heard of. And so like what really went on inside of like the house and inside of Diana's head. But he had like a lot of really good quotes. Bless her heart, Kate. Middleton I don't know what her new title is whatever she is I think she's a really great lady I think she's a great mother from what I've seen like again I'm not a big royal person so I don't like keep up with everything that they do but she seems to be very into it and they like seem to be a very have a very happy marriage and everything but like it there are very few women who are going to ever be able to stand up to the royal family of England the way that Princess Diana did. And I think I think that that's like a once in a century kind of thing. So in a lot of ways, Diana did it in a very silent way. And it mm-hmm. wasn't so much as like a verbal or a reactionary kind of thing. Like she did what she knew was and is right in a lot of situations. But she really gave them the finger and I fuck, I'm here for it. Yeah. Same. Diana and Charles got engaged on February 24th, 1981. Um, which was only six months after they started dating that they got engaged. Yep. Which I think, I don't know, whatever. It's now I got engaged uh, over a year after. Yeah. You said that you guys moved in together six months after you started dating. Which is kind of like not lesbian fast, but it's like, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of fast. It's not Patrick fast how yeah. we did it. I don't know, whatever. But <laughs> they got engaged six months after they started dating. Um, Diana's ring was a $50,000 diamond and sapphire engagement, um, which is only worth mentioning because it becomes relevant in my notes later. And then they're five months later after that, on July 29th, 1981, they get married and the entire world practically watches as Lady Diana becomes a princess. Yeah, so they got married at St. Paul's Cathedral and then got and then their reception was at Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. Um Goals. and just kidding. Oh, fuck. This wedding <laughs> though. Oh my god, okay, yeah, so we should talk about it. Um okay. so it was it was watched by 1 billion people or like that's what like the the television broadcast numbers were. It yeah. was 1 billion people. And there it's not the most in the documentary, Paul says that that was the most of most watched event in human history was their wedding. Mm-hmm. And at the time, yes, it was. Um, right. There have only been four events since then that were watched more. It was um, Live Aid, like the one that mm-hmm. Queen played in, um, like mm-hmm. the band Queen that if you watched Bohemian Rhapsody, it's a, that's a big plot point of Great that movie. Great fucking movie beautiful movie oh my god i cry every time um and then they redid they did like a reboot called live eight um in 2005 and that is those are the two most watched of all time um Mm -hmm. like a hundred million people difference in the two of them and then next after that was cctv new year's gala in 2019 i don't know why 2019 was such a big year but apparently it was Hmm. Um, and that was 1.17 billion people. Mm-hmm. And then 
Sydney's. It was just a New Year's event. That's all it was. Yep. And then Sydney's New Year's Eve in 2010 was the fourth, um, almost as many as the other New Year's Eve. And then after that, uh, the wedding of Princess Charles and Lady Diana. What's weird is that I didn't hear that Britney Spears' Super Bowl performance was on that list because that, I feel like, made history and should definitely be one of the most watched things ever. I agree. And apparently we're just going to be a Britney Spears stand podcast from now on. But um, <laughs> We're changing the whole thing. Yeah. No, there's nothing really... Um, like American per se that's on here. Mm. Like a lot of these things are international. Um, that's fine with me. <laughs> yeah. So the wall uh, live in Berlin, which I'm guessing was like when they actually um, like right after they tore it down, they did a concert apparently. Um, okay. So, cause that was in 1990. Um, oh, I guess this is purely American. The first inauguration of Barack Obama was that's the oh. same amount of people as the wedding of Prince Charles and Lady Spencer, Lady Diana Spencer. Holy shit, really? Yeah. Damn. What Diana really had going for her, though, is that she had the longest train in royal history. Okay, yeah, that shit I couldn't find any. Because I was like, when he said the most watched event in human history, I was uh-huh. like, I have a hard time believing that. <laughs> but So I couldn't find any anything about the trains or <laughs> the most, he also said the most creased dress yes, in royal history. The shade. <laughs> Um, that dress was god awful. I'm hideous. sorry. I hated it. It was of the times, but God, it was terrible. But twenty a and twenty-five the, foot trade, that's that's massive. And the veil that oh. she wore. Oh the, my god. I was like, you can't see. What is going on here? <laughs> Listen, it had ten thousand pearls on her dress and her veil. So that is what? yeah, fucking insane. So listen, she can't see, but she's carrying ten thousand pearls. So Fucking eat that, Kim K. Shit. <laughs> that was a dress. The and creases a half. were real though. Like they were terrible. So bad. I mean, the shoulders on that thing. Like I know it was the eighties, <laughs> but like, God, her shoulders. It looks like were... she's gonna turn butter though. Like she's. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cute. No, it's it's really not. And the the color was so weird. Like I would expected her to have like a pure white dress, but it was like mm-hmm. this very bizarre champagne color and like yeah my sister wore a champagne dress for her wedding i loved her dress very very much i know a lot mm-hmm. of brides wear like champagne colored dresses yeah. now it's very popular because none of us are virgins when we get married anymore um yeah. right and but like she's a queen or she's gonna be queen like god right. i know where's bob mackie when you need him <laughs> so a photographer i don't know what the timeline of this was or when it happened but a photographer in diana and the paparazzi which is another documentary that i watched said that she wasn't pretty ouch Um, she was attractive and she knew that but diana also knew her angles because of her rather large nose fuck oh my god see this is okay five seconds soapbox Women are so pressured today to like get fucking plastic surgery and like do all this bullshit. And I love to blame the Kardashians because fuck them and like fuck Chloe for sitting there and saying that like women who eat ice cream are never going to be skinny. Fuck you, Chloe. You used to be fat. But yeah, um, it it is so much deeper than that. And like this is a perfect example. The Kardashians weren't even thought of yet. And they're exactly. telling Diana that her nose is too big. Fuck that. And a comment like that, like, in being in such a principal role in, I guess, your royal history or whatever, I don't even know what I'm saying, but, like, to hear a comment like that and to be so self-conscious, like, 
the Diane and the Paparazzi documentary or movie, whatever it was, got into like they spent a pretty good amount of time talking about like how Diana um, would look up and down a lot. And um, of course, like you said earlier, a lot of the things we see of Diana were filmed a lot. Um, so everything was done in the public, but she had this kind of like puppy dog look with the big eyes looking right at you, but um, which is very unnatural, like for anyone to look like that. Like yeah. no one really looks like that, but she knew. I guess in some ways what worked best for her, but also what was going to get like the best picture. So like she was playing a lot of, a lot off of the press and essentially giving them kind of what they wanted, but like the fucking ridicule for like, it's a fucking nose people. Like, Well, the, the other thing about that that makes me so mad is that's such like a whitewashing thing, right? Like no other like mm-hmm. race ha- is like a so obsessed with like having a little petite, tiny nose, like the, like fucking white people. Right, and like, right. You know, like I've I know of so many people who have told me about this that like their grandmothers are always like, oh, you need to marry that man because he has a good nose or whatever because like they're black what the hell? and have a big nose and their grandmothers are like, oh, you need to marry someone with like a smaller nose than you so that genetically your children oh. will be more balanced, which is like, which like wow. I'm all for, uh-huh. you know, the mixing of races and everything. That's yeah, how we yeah, get yeah. genetically superior humans, but not through fucking eugenics um but right. like also just let people fucking be who they are not everybody's nose has to be a certain mold not like mm-hmm. your eyes don't have to be a certain shape your eyes don't have to be a certain color cuz like yeah what you were saying about Diana like knowing what works for her or whatever she never ever doesn't have her eyes tight lined which is like when you have mm. Mm-hmm. eyeliner in your and wa- your waterline for people who don't yeah. who aren't into makeup <laughs> like we are yes. um she always has her eyes tight lined because it makes them so extra blue mm-hmm. and she really kind of played on that like blonde hair blue eyed like perfect yes. thing and like yeah again maybe she wasn't the most beautiful woman that's ever walked this earth but like Mm -hmm. she was still beautiful and also and she was very natural like she had natural beauty too you can't captivate anything like that nowadays yeah and like i've i also noticed as much as she tightlined she never had a lot of foundation on she doesn't she never really looks like her skin is done which like again you very natural she had great skin so like play that up girl. she had not a fucking pore in sight and i'm so jealous my pores are huge (laughs) god i can't see them right now if that makes you feel better because i'm burned (laughs) all you see is red (laughs) um so i guess that kind of goes into like diana wasn't really given a whole lot of um advice within the royal family but she was giving a lot of course etiquette cues um, some that I found were keep your head down, behave yourself, look nice, uh, learn a few, learn a few words of the local language, remember where you are and always walk two steps behind your husband. Was mm-hmm. that last one fucking pissed me off when they said it. Yeah. She should have been leading Charles's bitch ass, if anything. Well, um, I actually have a note that later on, like they kind of like in through interviews and things that they talked to Charles about, it kind of was concluded that he did not like the fact, like he would have been more content with her, even though, like I said earlier, I don't think he ever liked anybody but Camilla. I think Mm -hmm. he would have stayed in a marriage with somebody if they had been behind him in his opinion that like, yeah, 
they weren't as famous, but she was always the center of attention. She was mm-hmm. the superstar and he just wasn't. And it's because he's a fucking wet blanket. Like he has yep. no personality. And he once made a joke about, and I, this is the most like, mm, I just wanted to punch him when he said this. It would have been easier to have two wives so that one could walk down each side of the street and I could just walk down the middle conducting the whole operation. Get the fuck out of here. And when he said that, they panned to her, to Diana. She was like sitting Uh there while he was saying that. And she just has this like sheet white, just devastated look on her face. Oh my God. Because- she already knew that he did basically have two wives. Only yeah, yeah. she was the only one on the street having to shake hands with the public. Like Camilla right. just got to fucking sit around and eat bonbons all day. Basically. Ugh. God. One of the things that, or one of the clips that I saw over and over in like every documentary that I watched on her was mm-hmm. her on the water slide. At, I It looked like Splash Mountain at Disney, but that's the only point of reference uh-huh. that I have. I've never been to a European water park or uh, theme park but right. it's like a log ride like that and you sit like one at okay. a time and it's like William and Harry in the front and then her and Prince Charles in the back and they mm-hmm. they're just like on this ride like normal people and they just Aww. like are having so much fun and like they get soaked and it it's fine and she's not like pissed off she's not like yeah. embarrassed she's not like point that camera away from me or whatever and right, like, right 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 I think that they use that clip so often because that's such a you know a common person thing to do yeah. um is to not for me i hate being wet but this isn't about me <laughs> you're not a common person then <laughs> no <laughs> um i guess that's a good segue to get into the um uh, the kids yeah. um so son william was born in 1982 june and 21st years, is his birthday june 21st so almost exactly a year after their wedding damn okay and then i don't have the date for charles either but he was born two years later in September 1984. 15th. Yeah. Okay. He's a um, and then after <laughs> Virgo, <laughs> Pisces rule. Um, but after she had the kids, um, they kind of delve into the Diana's depression, whether it was postpartum or she had um, just everything that she was dealing with and this whole new lifestyle that she has. Um, her depression really grew. Um, she noticed a lot that Charles is getting distracted. All she needed was for Charles to be there for her, and Charles in a circle just didn't understand it. So in their in their royal family experience, when a baby is born, you hand it over to the nanny. Um, and like you said, uh, uh, more of like the wholesome moments that Diana had with the kids on that Splash Mountain-like ride, she just wanted to be very hands-on. Yeah, She wanted to be like an actual mother. Like, who wants... She didn't want to pass her kid on to anybody else. Um, so a couple things about like um that it, like I have in that section, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was an interview after William was born. Um, they're talking about they're on like a radio show and they asked them what William's favorite toy was, and they were mm-hmm. talking about that he has like he loves a koala and he has this little whale that throws balls out of its blowhole or whatever. And they're like, mm-hmm. just being like silly and natural or whatever. Yeah. But Charles puts his hand like up to his face like this. Like he's like talking into Diana so that like uh-huh. it's not in the microphone and then she can talk into the microphone. Yeah. He does not have a wedding ring on. All he has is a pinky ring on. So it's like, huh. it's not the fact that he can't wear a ring. Cause like, I kind of get it. If like some people are like, I, I don't like the feeling of rings or whatever. So right. They don't wear a ring. Right. 
but he's wearing a fucking pinky ring, which is so trashy anyway. And then you're not also not going to wear a wedding ring. Like, what is wrong with you? This is ugh, just like, I feel like all of these little things are adding up to why their marriage is so unhappy. And then also like uh, the whole thing about while she was pregnant with William and she threw herself down the stairs. I meant to say this when you were saying about her depression, but um, we got distracted. But she threw herself down the stairs while she was oh pregnant my God. in order to get Charles' attention. And <gasps> luckily, uh, I mean, we see him today. William is a perfectly healthy man. but mm-hmm. there, So there was nothing wrong with him. But she was extremely depressed to the point of self-harm and she oh, also should i didn't know that yeah she also claims that she tried to cut her wrist with a razor blade um but oh. and i hate this part of the media but it also is worth noting that the reporters claim that they never saw a scar or that she went to the hospital or anything like mm. that um or like a wound that they could see so yeah. like i don't know i i don't know how much stock to put but i did see right. the thing about her throwing herself down the stairs in multiple um, sources. I'd never heard of that. So wow. that I'm very confident actually happened. But as far as the cutting herself thing, right. I can't speak to that as much. But because um, I only saw that in one source. Okay. And then the reporters were like, we never saw scars. Um, so, yeah. So but she was extremely. And they would love to have that fucking picture, too, to be able to, like, zoom in on it. and For sure. I mean, she had her first child when she was 20 years old. And like, again, we talked about what we were doing at 19. Like I was doing the exact same thing at 20. I was not ready to be married with a child that was going to be the future king of England. Like, that's insane. Um, And I I, like another thing I just wanted to say about what a piece Mm -hmm. of shit that Charles is. Mm -hmm. When Harry was born, he was extremely open not necessarily in the media, but to like the other people that in that were like close in their lives, that he was mad that Harry wasn't a girl and that he had red hair because that came from Diana's side of the family. Because what the entire royal family, like the bloodline is German, which German people don't really have red hair. That's not a thing. Yeah. And but Diana was actually English, which like British and Irish and Scottish people all have red hair. That's a yeah. very normal thing there. Yeah. And like, that's one of the things that I did find out when I watched the part of that six part documentary that I got through <laughs> is that like, they were all German because of um like that family married out into like every single other Okay. royal family in europe in like the 1700s and 1800s and everything mm-hmm. it's like they just kept like spawning off more people and so like she was the first um english person married into the royal family in like a hundred years or something oh shit. um they all were like often marrying you know germans or like mm-hmm. whatever um and they or maybe to the only to the future king or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe it was a little more specific, but yeah, they a lot of times they were not marrying purely English people, and I think maybe hmm. she was like Diana was so blonde hair and blue eyed that he just assumed that like that was going right. to take over. But like you never know how genes are going to work, dude. Exactly. Um, the next thing I had was the kiss that wasn't. Um, I think this was when it really got into the public eye of the real problems that were going on between Diana and Charles. Uh, So Charles had won first place at a polo match and Diana was supposed to present him with his winning prize. Uh, Diana didn't want to do it. I think it was Paul. 
I think Paul was there with her and he was like, listen, you have to do it. And Paul said it took a lot of persuading to get her to do it. So when Charles won um, and he walks to get his prize, he went in for a kiss and Diana turned her head. Um, so Charles is over her right shoulder in the picture and Diana's face is just turned to the left side of his profile. Yeah, so when that picture got publicized, of course it blew up. Of course all the media went fucking crazy with it. But that was kind of the world's first peak of the ways that she would rebel and that she wasn't going to be so prim and proper on a, and on a rope anymore. My only thing is like, I don't know, I like even with people that I really want to kiss, like sometimes they go in for a kiss and I'm just like, like confused. And I turn my face because mm-hmm. I just like don't I'm not expecting it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like that's and again, that's the, the thing about famous people and scrutinizing every single thing that they do is that mm-hmm. it it's hard to decipher when you're not the person being kissed or doing the kissing right like like you're just a third party making a guess shut up but there's also like a lot of kisses that get played out on like red carpets or whatever at events that it's like it's it's kind of like cringy like it doesn't even seem like they actually want to kiss each other and it's like okay i guess i will say like the johnny depp and amber turd (laughs) fiasco that went on but, like, I can't imagine, like, how Johnny must have felt, like, having to feel like he needed to kiss her. And, yeah. like, just all of that bullshit. Like, that's a way off the rails. That's out of left field. I think the same thing about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Every, oh, God. I hate Every them. kiss I've seen in the last, like, five, six years, I'm like, mm, that looks fake. Oh, something that very interested me, and I only found it in one place, but it was a recording, so obviously it's mm-hmm. true. The original mm-hmm. statement about their decision was... It said the prince and princess have no plans to divorce. It was just that they oh. were separating. And then oh. it like I guess escalated. I don't know how true that was at the time, but that was the official royal statement was that they had no plans to divorce. Just separate. Yeah. Huh. And it did hmm. take a long time after they separated until they actually divorced and like yeah. My parents are divorced and it took less than a year after they like decided to divorce before their divorce mm-hmm. was final. And like they didn't go through like an official separation period. It was just like, let's get divorced kind of thing. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they but like less than a year for an official divorce. Like I can't. And that is because they had to decide who got what. Right. Like if you're the prince Mm -hmm. of fucking Wales. Like, I don't care if you're Diana, you're not getting anything because all his shit belongs to the Royal family. Right. Like Mm -hmm. you're right. You're like what you're getting in a divorce. If you're divorcing out of the Royal family is basically a severance package. Like you're still get, you're getting money to live on and you're probably getting like, you know, somewhere to live, but it's not for you to own. Like she, she moved to Buckingham palace or not no she didn't move to buckingham she moved to um oh she moved to kensington, kensington yes. she lived at, <laughs> yeah she lived at kensington and so it was like yeah you get to live at kensington you get to like retain your royal title mm-hmm. and we're gonna pay for your food and everything for the rest yep. of your life or whatever but she's never gonna own kensington no, palace no. like versus like my parents owned a house mm-hmm. together they had to like figure that mm-hmm. shit out whatever like a divorce between two royal people could be very fast uh, yeah and one point that Paul made in the Amazon uh, movie is that, like you said, they had to divide up not really assets, but kind of who was going to take what, I guess, in some way. 
Um, but when Charles told Diana to make a list of what she wants, she had said Paul was at the top of the list and Diana got to take Paul with her over to Kensington and keep her as her butler. Um, but I know Charles gave her a lot of pushback on that because Paul had basically served Queen Elizabeth for like 20 something years, 18 years prior to him leaving the queen and going to work with Diana. Um, so Charles yeah. was like super adamant about like, no, you can't, you can't have Paul. Yeah. And again, like she gets to have like six things. Like she got, she probably was like, I get my wedding mm-hmm. ring. I get this Butler and I get some clothes that right. I once liked. <laughs> like that's probably it. I think she was very, I mean, very, very lucky to get to keep her wedding ring or her engagement ring, whatever. Probably. I was, I was very surprised about that. I think that the only reason that she got to keep it because at the time she was still, even though it was at a weird kind of distance, she was still like part of the royal family mm-hmm. because she did have sons right. there that were like, you know, her son was going to be the next yeah. king of England, like, or a future king of England. Like she, she was still attached to the royal family so much versus like, I think if they didn't have kids already and they were just getting divorced, like they would have been like, no, you get mm-hmm. nothing. I love in the documentary that William and Harry did about her, I, they made a point to say that like, Harry asked for the ring when she was like right after she died, but then he gave it to William when he was getting ready to propose because he knew that that was the only way that that ring would ever sit on the throne. And I was like, I know I was like, Oh my God, she shut up at queen. (laughs) (laughs) So much of this is so fucking unfair. I know. Uh, So in June of 1994, uh, Charles agrees to be interviewed by the author of his own biography on TV. Um, So Charles in this interview, he admitted to committing adultery with Camilla Parker Bowles. Um, Charles said he tried to be loyal and committed to Diana until it became irrevitably broken, which I think is all you're fucking doing, sir, if I Uh, must say. On that day that Charles's special is supposed to be aired, Diana attends a Vanity Fair fundraiser and steps out in what becomes known as the revenge dress. Um, It's a gorgeous fucking dress. So Diana wore a Mm -hmm. large sapphire diamond brooch um, given to her by the queen with her dress. The queen gave that to her for, I believe it was her wedding. Um, so she wore that with this revenge dress. The brooch was eventually added to a seven-strand wide pearl choker. On her way into the fundraiser, Diana took her time greeting everyone along the way um, into the fundraiser and gave the media hundreds of chances to get the pictures that they wanted. This led the media to printing and saying, quote, Charles, how could you give this up? <laughs> Diana looks like a million fucking bucks in this black dress. It's got a cute little black train off the left hip. If I could wear anything to my wedding, it would be that. Because it's fucking <laughs> fabulous. Um, I, like, I hate the focus on the physical of, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, how could you give this up because she's so hot? Not like, how could you give this up because she's a wonderful fucking person and a great mother to your children and a a great person to humanity that you don't deserve. But, um, I mean, it does, it's, it had to make Diana feel good. And that's, I think the most important thing. Um, so once Diana really, I think all along, she really understood the power that she held, um, in, in the media, um, but once she truly understood that power, she started to really use it for greater benefit. 
Diana used the media a lot after her divorce to benefit causes that usually aren't favored by the royal family. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, she would touch and hold the hands of people with AIDS and people literally on their deathbeds from it. Um, she concentrated a lot on the sick, the ill, the young, the dispossessed, and for issues like AIDS and leprosy, um, which is just beyond amazing humanitarian work that you don't really hear of anyone, I think, doing nowadays. It's all just donations and funding this to get that done. Um, but she was like really out on the forefront and being the aid for these people that, you know, they just didn't have. But these things were far beyond what the royals traditionally got involved with. And allegedly the queen once asked Diana, why are you doing this? Why don't you do something nice? Mm. Um, so it wasn't a question of doing something nice for Diana. Um, I think she just wanted to do something about these mm-hmm. real world issues. Um, but that's just that question from the queen is just a fucking gut punch. Yeah, she's the worst. Um, so Diana tries to create distance when it comes to her personal life at this point. Um, again, she's really no longer in the royal uh family circle. She's really not doing much more of that. Um, but Diana travels to secluded areas under assumed names, which I thought was funny because I never knew that she did that. Um, and no matter what the cameras still get tipped off and they still end up finding her um so in 1992 diana addresses the press where she says she wasn't aware of how overwhelming the attention would become um, by being a public figure in the royal family Uh, she is quoted as saying quote i will be seeking a more suitable way of combining a meaningful public role with hopefully a more private life um and this was really what kicked off all of her withdrawal. Um, It stunned the paparazzi, especially knowing uh, how much money they were making off of her. But this announcement doesn't really draw back any of the media. I think this is what really kicked them into high gear even more. Um, They start becoming more intrusive because there aren't any more royal announcements to be made. Um, She was watched constantly at the Kensington Palace. I know there were a lot of times that she would sneak out the back or Paul would go run to town with the car and she would be in the passenger seat or in the back seat of the car, just laying flat down. Um, but like, it was just constant surveillance on her, which I can't imagine. And once on vacation with the kids, she grew very agitated with the press and walks up to one of them. I think they were on holiday skiing actually. Um, and there's still footage of this out there where she puts her hand on the camera and very politely, which I would not have done, asked them to please leave her family alone. Um, well, even before she did that, she had asked them, she said, okay, every day we will come out, you can take pictures of us and then leave us the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. And then they would just wouldn't do it. No. And then she gets shit for putting her hand on the camera like that after right. she had already come to an agreement with them. She was like, if, like most people are like, leave me the fuck alone the whole time. Mm-hmm. She was like, okay, I'll give you a little something every morning. You can take a few pictures of yep. us and then leave. And they couldn't even respect that. It's bullshit. And what I can't believe... And it, it, it shocked a lot of everyone, especially Paul and the people in the Kensington um, Palace. But I, I was really surprised to find that she got rid of all of her bodyguards um, mm-hmm. because I think, too, when she was on vacation or when she was going to these secluded areas and going under assumed names while traveling, she felt like it was either it had to have been somebody um, close to her that was spying on her or giving all of this information out, but this obviously eliminated any protection she had, despite the 
quote freedom that she felt she had as uh, distancing herself from everybody in the royal family. But I think um, Paul made a really good point in Amazon's documentary, but also in Diana and the Media's documentary. Um, this really just created a new breed of paparazzi and they became far more aggressive and they tried to provoke her out in public. And at this point for Diana, there was really no point in just getting, or for the paparazzi, there was no point in getting just another picture of her. They just needed to create a story, um, anything to make her cry, to make her angry and anything to make a sale. Um, and there's some pictures that I found where she, um, there's one in particular, she's coming out from shopping. The paparazzi of course is bombarding her and, she got into a taxi, which she, I was surprised she got into a taxi and no one was waiting for her. Um, but one of the paparazzis opened the taxi door and taunted her and said, quote, lift your head up, you fucking bitch. I have a mortgage to pay. Mm. And, oh, my God. Yeah. And in this picture, Diana's literally collapsed in between her legs, head down, hands or she's holding her hands by the wrist. But she just looks so fucking defeated God. and there's another one where um she was driving and uh she was just getting so so upset and she's reaching her hand out to cover her face and she's crying but these pictures were just no longer the calm and beautiful diana uh just going about her business they were pictures of basically a victim like running away uh which is very fucking sad god that's the problem with like media and like as much as i shit on the kardashians or whatever like we always not always but most of the time forget that they are real people in fact and like i i shit on the kardashians and i try to be as like um conscious about this as i can is that like i shit on them for like decisions that they make not just for Mm -hmm. like you know like chloe coming out and saying like girls sitting on the couch eating their hagen dazs whatever like like that was a conscious decision that yeah. Kelly made. That wasn't just existing as right. a Kardashian. Right. Like, I just I we forget all the time that they are real people and like I mean even fucking like TikTok stars mm-hmm. and stuff like Elise Myers the that famous TikToker um she you know has posted videos like crying where she's like just gotten done reading comments about people like talking so much shit about her and it's mm-hmm. like this woman is literally just a mom who made some funny videos on TikTok mm. and a lot of people liked them. <sighs> anyway, they poor suck. Diana. Um, so in 1996, the divorce is final. Diana was awarded around 17 million pounds. Um, she was also stripped of her title and she is no longer her royal highness. And the next thing I have is Dodi Fayed, which was her new companion. Yeah, so uh, I think like one thing to note before... Um, talking about Dodie mm-hmm. is that Diana I always was kind of under the impression that Dodie Fayed was like this like man that came and swept her off her feet out like right after she got divorced yeah. and she was just like ready to move on whatever no first of all she had dated many men after the separation through the divorce proceedings and after the divorce was finalized she was not she like not only just affairs, but like literally looking for like new partners, new husbands. And I, I just thought that that was so like, I thought that 
and I now I know why after doing all this research, but like their relationship was so played up that it was like this once in a lifetime mm-hmm. love and whatever. And it so was not, not even a little bit. He was a Dodie. He was a filmmaker, wasn't he? So yeah, I don't know if he had any, if he was a filmmaker, that was like a hobby. That wasn't okay. really like a, that wasn't a real job that he was. It, it's not like he was the next yeah. Spielberg or something, but like the way that the family had money is that they were, they were just like investors. Like okay. they owned a bunch of hotels and, um properties and whatever that were generating mm-hmm. income for them and like wealth like they were extremely they were wealthy buried. they owned yeah they owned like the ritz in paris <laughs> which like is fucking insane like that is probably one of the most famous mm-hmm. hotels in the world another thing is is like they talk about how diana and dodie spent all this time on his yacht that was like huh. where their whirlwind romance kind yeah. of took place which Again, another thing to note, their whole relationship, quote unquote, was 30 days. Three zero. Really? A month. 30 days. Oh, I didn't know that. So Hmm. she had been dating um, Hasnat Khan, who was a cardiologist and a surgeon for two years. And then they broke up because he was like, ma'am, I love you, but you have way too much media Mm -hmm. attention on you. And I am dedicated to being the best, like, heart surgeon in the world and i cannot do that if i have this much media Mm -hmm. attention on me so like i can't be with you and it really broke her heart so she was just like out doing her thing Hmm. like they had literally like just broken up and then she met muhammad al-fayed which is dodi's Mm -hmm. father and he said would you like to take your son sailing and she said sure Mm -hmm. they did not have a boat at the time he went out and bought a yacht just to Get take the fuck out. Diana, William, and Harry sailing. Must be nice. Also, Dodie had at least a girlfriend, possibly a fiance, at the time that he and Diana oh. met. So he had been dating a um, supermodel named Kelly Fisher. And when they said it in the documentary for the first time, I was not listening uh-huh. very closely. And I thought they said Carrie Fisher. <laughs> and I was like, when the fuck did Carrie Fisher come into this? Um <laughs> But she was a supermodel and um, they had been in Paris together visiting like the Al-Fayed properties. Mm -hmm. And Muhammad was like, I need you to come entertain Diana for me. Like you're going to come on this thing. And he just left Kelly and went and met up with Diana. They went on like a short sailing trip for a couple of days. They left and because Diana had to take William and Harry back to the Mm -hmm. queen basically and then he called Mohammed called Diana and said, would you like to go back sailing? And she was like, sure. Like, I don't have my kids oh. anymore. And he was like, oh, that's fine. And so then he sent Dodie and Diana off on their own because he wanted Dodie to marry Damn. her. And it was, so it was just all like orchestrated by his dad, which is like very bizarre because the whole Diana Charles marriage she was just orchestrated left that. by the yeah. queen. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't know that. And so they went on this ship and they were just like out there for like two weeks, three weeks, whatever it was. And then Diana was like, I got to get off the ship. (laughs) Like I need to be on dry land. And they went, they got off. They were in, I think in Santorini is where they got off of the ship. And then they just like flew back to Paris and they had been hanging out there. And then he, during their 30 days, Diana talked on the phone with Paul and 
we'll get into some things about Paul later, but um, Paul says that he was going to propose, but Diana had no interest in marrying Dodie. She didn't even really like him. Like she thought he was a fine mm. person to be a companion for these couple of weeks while she was on vacation, basically. Uh-huh. But she was really only dating Dodie to make her ex, Hosnot Khan, jealous because she she wanted to be with oh. him but he was like i can't be with you because of all this media god attention. damn it so he and the way that Dodie was acting and all of the gifts that he was giving diana and whatever diana was like i think he's gonna propose and paul was like take the ring because there's gonna be a million pictures of it but put it on your right hand and don't oh. like like say yes but then you guys can have like a private yeah. conversation about how you cannot actually get married to him which like if he had already proposed to this kelly fisher woman right. and then he was about to di- propose to diana like, that is a, yeah and that is like a fucking marriage that does not mean a goddamn thing because yeah. it's a few days he just wants the name after. of diana too at that oh, point exactly and the father is really the one that just wanted the name because he was the one like Dodie was a product of his father in the sense that like they both like wanted mm-hmm. fame but there was way more of like the father because he was the one who like built up their name yeah like made them famous like even tangentially famous to Mm -hmm. begin with and so so that was like the kind of synopsis of their whole romance to begin Mm. with to kind of like backtrack a little bit i know that like you had mentioned when they were on the yacht and it was just the two of them sailing around um there was a picture first of all there was a tip off to the paparazzi that diana was going to be sailing with Dodie. And allegedly, it was Diana herself that tipped off the paparazzi. It was one of her favorite paparazzi guys that got the best pictures of her all this time. Um, And she told them where they were going to be. So they're on the yacht, and they're kind of embracing, holding each other. Um, It's the back view of Diana, and Dodie's got his arms around her, and they're kissing. Um, So the paparazzi that took the picture, printed it. It was a grainy-as-fuck picture. Yeah, it was. Diana called the paparazzi back and went to was upset with how grainy the picture was. So I guess that makes sense now, like why she wanted those sort of moments captured to make her ex jealous. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. But damn. And as a result of that grainy ass picture, mm-hmm. uh, Ms. Kelly Fisher filed a lawsuit for uh, against Dodie for a breach of contract because he had already proposed marriage to her. Shut and up. yeah, um, and she was represented by one Miss Gloria Allred, who, if you don't know who that is, she is one of the like foremost uh, feminist mm-hmm. lawyers, especially mm-hmm. in Hollywood. She has represented one of Harvey Weinstein's victims, Mimi Haley, mm-hmm. and she also represented several of R. Kelly's victims in the first trial against him. Yep. Um. So I thought that was just a little fun. Like, That's fucking crazy. I didn't know culture. that. Um, Did you watch um the Hulu Victoria's Secrets Angels and Angels and Demons? No. Okay, so Miss Gloria makes an appearance in it because allegedly um Harvey Weinstein has a fucking tie to the CEO of Victoria's Secret. Oh yeah, because they're all Epstein buddies. Yeah. That's the tie, but yeah. yeah. But I had no idea. When she popped up, my like jaw had dropped, and Christian was like, "What? Who is that?" And I was like, "Don't worry about it." Fucking... <laughs> I was like, "It's Gloria Allred." Like, what the fuck is she doing here? But I was wow. But the case never went anywhere, even though Gloria um, would have 
probably won for her because she's a very good lawyer. But they withdrew the suit after he died, luckily. Damn. I mean, rightfully, I guess. Right. So, um, I guess this takes us to August 30th of 1997. Uh, Diana and Dodie end up going back to Paris. Um, Diana was just ready to get home. Vacation was nice. She was over it. Uh, My picture didn't turn out how I wanted. Um, So they end up at the Hotel Ritz in Paris. And outside is a huge mob of paparazzi. They were actually tipped off by the head of hotel security, Henri Paul. Um, So they were tipped off, but there's a lot of CCTV footage that um, was mentioned in almost everything that I watched because these are the last few images that were ever really taken of Diana. Um, But they get home or they get to the hotel around well after midnight and they're in the elevator. They're caught going through hallways. Henri was supposed to drive Diana and Dodie to his apartment and the Ritz's CCTV shows Diana and Dodie trying to avoid the paparazzi by leaving from the back entrance around midnight. Um, Henri spent the last few hours prior to them getting in um, at the bar. I don't know if it was a bar in the hotel or a local bar close to the hotel. I think it was the bar in the hotel. Was it? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, so was, this really plays into the demise. But the last few pictures that I have uh, that I found of Diana... Where, where she's in the back seat, Dodie is seated to her left. Um, she's just hiding her face from the cameras. Uh, Dodie is essentially covering her, protecting her. Um, and one of the very last few pictures taken of Diana is of Henri Paul in the driver's seat, a security guard in the passenger seat. And you can see Diana's head. She it looks like she's looking at the rear window. At 12.20 a.m., two minutes after leaving the hotel, being followed by paparazzi on bikes and scooters, the Mercedes crashes into a pillar in a highway tunnel and then with full force ends crashed um, into a wall. And the pictures, I'm sure we've all seen them, uh, the pictures of this car, is it's, it's fucked. Um, so Dodie and Henri are killed instantly. Neither him nor or Diana were wearing a seatbelt thing that I have next is Henri's autopsy. According to a toxicologist, Robert Forrest, um, he suggested that Henri could have consumed up to eight glasses of, quote, strong spirits hours before the crash. Um, And according to tests carried out by two French medical experts hours after the Paris crash, the levels of carbon monoxide in Mr. Paul's blood ranged between 12 and 21%. Um, This is compared to a normal reading of around 2 to 4% in the human body. And it goes on to say that several possibilities were explored, including the suggestion that the driver inhaled gas from the airbag of the Mercedes after impact. So they're kind of saying or contributing it to that's where all that carbon monoxide came from. But going back to Professor Forrest, he discredits this and says that it could be due to Henri's heavy smoking. And also on CCTV, Henri is seen functioning in pretty good health. Uh, He parks the car, walks around and into the hotel and kneels down to even tie his shoes. So nothing seemed to be off. His balance wasn't of, you know, a drunk person or anything like that. The security guard, Trevor Reese Jones, he is the only survivor of the crash. So at 12.27 a.m., the first call to the police is logged. At 12.40 a.m., the police arrive. And this gives paparazzi 20 minutes of uninterrupted filming time. As Diana is rushed to the hospital, the police arrest paparazzi that are at the scene on suspicion of gross negligence for failing to help victims of a car crash. 
One lawyer says that the paparazzi there asked some of their colleagues not to call the police and to give them more time to take pictures. So key photographer Jean-Paul Doucette, um, he was one of France's top paparazzos. He was actually Diana's favorite paparazzi. He um, had photographed some of the most well-known pictures of Diana. He was called to the scene by a friend around 2 a.m. Once he got there, this friend told him that he had followed the car, saw the crash, and took pictures. And he asks Jean-Paul what he should do with some of the pictures he took. Um, Jean-Paul quotes this guy as saying, you've got to help me. I've got this and I don't know what to do. I'm frightened. Jean-Paul says once he looked at them, he called them trash and said they needed to be gotten rid of. Jean-Paul claims to have ripped them up and disposed of them in the sewer in the streets. Um, he also said that these were the pictures that should have, shouldn't have have been published, um, which thankfully they're not because obviously nothing like that is tasteful in any way, but no one should ever have to see anything like that. There were so many paparazzi there that were taking pictures and not trying to help whatsoever, and it makes me so sick. On her way to the hospital, Diana's heart stopped beating, but she was revived and started breathing again. There are accounts of from a firefighter, Xavier Gormalon, uh, who led the response team in pulling Diana from the wreckage. Um, she He says that she had asked her, my God, what has happened? And those are quoted as being her final words. At 4 a.m. on August 31st, Diana is pronounced dead at La Petite. She's pronounced dead at a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it. I I took French for four years and could absolutely pronounce this, but I don't have it written down. I don't know why I didn't write it down. Le petit salpetriere. Fabulous. <laughs> so she was pronounced dead at 4 a.m. at the age of 36. Diana sustained very severe internal injuries, which ultimately led to her death. So uh, Paul was one of the like first people that they called um, when she was admitted to the hospital and everything and trying to get um just some like people that actually knew her around yeah um Mm -hmm. so they called him he had just walked back into his house after seeing beauty and the beast which he says that diana said was the story of her life i don't really know Mm -hmm. how true that is or like how that really fits i don't really feel like that's the story of her life but right she was already royal kind of Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but they the Brazilian ambassador's wife had called from Washington, D.C. to Paul just to ask if the accident was true. He didn't even know um, oh, like what had happened at first. Um, that was like his first moment of of like finding out about it. Then he called her cell phone, which was kind of new at the time. This was 94 or 97. Excuse me. So like cell phones were still very new at the time. Um, and. But she had left it with her or left it in the Ritz for some reason. Mm. And so he couldn't get a hold of her, obviously. And then finally at three o'clock, he was told that the crash was fatal. He flew from New York City to Paris and the British ambassador picked him up and took him to the hospital. He I mean, after she died, what he was very involved in her like funeral procession and Mm -hmm. like having a vigil for her at Kensington Palace and everything. One of the things that really, I guess, shocked me is that the royal family was shocked that everybody was so upset about her death. Like, they just were not prepared for her to be 
so loved by the world. I guess they thought that like after they were divorced, everybody was going to be like, oh, who cares about her anymore? But like right. that wasn't at all true. We had already uh-huh. seen evidence of that. And so the queen kind of hid Harry and William at Balmoral. Like they, she was just like, stay inside and don't let the paparazzi in. Um, and they didn't fly a flag, at, which he said it made it seem like they didn't care, which I don't really know what that means. But obviously it's some sort of, like signal maybe it's like us putting our flags at half staff maybe it's half, yeah maybe it's like an alternate flag that they fly kind yeah. of thing paul asked for diana to be brought to kensington because her body was at um balmoral and then but he wanted her to be brought quote-unquote home to kensington and so he hosted a vigil but no one from the royal family came he said that is so fucked up i know and then he said that he sat with her cow like her coffin casket whatever Mm -hmm. and just talked to her all night and like told her all the things that he wanted her Mm -hmm. to hear and when he was saying this in the documentaries when i started to like sob like this was the first moment because this was the first documentary that i watched that Mm -hmm. like i felt really sad about her death like before it had just kind of been like this historical event that had happened and then this was the first moment when i was like she's a real person with real people who care about her and in, in so many ways, like Paul talked about her in a way that really humanized her. It wasn't oh, yeah. Diana, this person on a pedestal For real. that we see. Like he he had a real relationship with her that I think we're so lucky to be able to hear his recounting of all his memories with her. Yeah. And uh, I keep mentioning that we'll get into it, but there are some people who have an unfavorable opinion of Paul, but I think regardless of whether or not he was embellishing things or um whatever he still obviously had a relationship with her that was very special and very important and he he knew her he knew her as a person yeah. not just as a royal figure and right. it, he obviously had a special connection with her so the night after they had that failed i guess vigil at Kensington the morning was the next morning was her like actual public burial mm-hmm. and um she was buried at Westminster Abbey which is the other like main royal chapel other so she was married at St. Paul's Cathedral which is like the one big royal Mm -hmm. chapel and then there's the Westminster Abbey is also a royal um like religious space her brother gave a speech during her funeral I love the speech oh my god the tea (laughs) was scalding he was like (laughs) so pissed he was very pissed. Yeah. And he made a like an excellent point that like she was a human who deserved a life and like the royal family did not acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't respect that. He took a lot of jabs at them. They were they were kind of those underlying jabs where like you read between the lines and you get to it eventually, but like he was his his words were very well chosen. Yes, for sure. Did you see that the streets were lined with two point five million people? Yeah. Like just in the streets alone, 2.5 million people. Yeah. Watching the video footage of her casket on the horse-drawn carriage, or on the, sh- was she on the shoulders or was she on the horses? That was. Being carried. I think it was when she was on the horses that you're talking about. It was just like how fucking silent it was. Oh my God. Like it was unbelievable. And like eventually like one person would break out in a cry or would say something yeah. and then like, the ripple effect it was i cannot imagine having 
been there or what that must have been like. And uh, the other thing that really struck me is um, when they were driving, everybody was just throwing flowers at the car Mm -hmm. as it was passing by that carried her body. Yeah. And it just kept like building up in front of this windshield. And I was like, the driver's Mm -hmm. not going to be able to see. He's going to crash. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, He even pulled over to take them off. Like, did they um, really put them on the, yeah, oh, he had, I didn't see that. He had to make a call or make a signal to the police and the people in front of the car. And he said, like, we can't keep driving like this. We can't see like we have to take some off. So they all stopped basically like on an off ramp of like a freeway. It fucking looks like. And he takes all the flowers off the front and places them on the side of the road yeah. and they just keep going. Yeah. So yeah, so she was taken to her actual burial site and they had lunch uh, before like the actual burial happened, which I thought was a little <laughs> bizarre. Paul sat next to Prince Charles who and Paul says that he only spoke about his garden the entire lunch, which is so fucking tasteless. <laughs> he just like didn't give a shit. Didn't give a yeah. fuck. And then um, Princess Diana's brother took off the royal standard, which is like the covering, like the flag looking mm-hmm. thing that covered it um, and put the Spencer standard on because they were like sort of a yes. royal family. They had their own. Paul had been wearing Diana's mother's cross on a chain and he gave it back to her. And apparently Diana's mother said to him, at least I had her for nine months, meaning mm. that like the only time that Diana ever belonged to her mother was while she was pregnant with her. Which, oh like, God. have a little bit of a problem with the whole, like, parents on their children thing. But also, yeah. like, I, I get it that, like, she was... I And uh, there's a whole subcontext to that about the divorce because mm-hmm. Diana was very young. She was the youngest child of their family, so she was very young mm-hmm. when her parents got divorced. And it was kind of a messy divorce. And, like, they mm-hmm. were forced to kind of stay with their father because he was really the royal one and all this stuff. Right. Like, there's a lot more subcontext to that. But at the same time, like... So sad. It like her mother, you, you know, like there's no that whole thing that there's no word for parents who right. have lost their children mm-hmm. because it's not supposed to happen. No, it's not so a, sad. So sad. And I know that Charles, her brother Earl, he had a lot uh, to do with deciding where she actually ended up um, in being because they took her to the childhood home, um, the Althorpe estate, and that's yes. where she was finally laid. So Charles was like don't want her at the vault let's keep her on the property because let's bring her back home like yeah. really bring her back home earl really wanted a place for um william and harry to be able to visit whenever and without any you know privacy concerns or paparazzi yeah. or anything like that so that small island you had mentioned that she was buried on there have been four attempts i found for grave robbers that tried to get access to her Fucking burial a. site um, no one thankfully was ever successful, um, but that's when they really decided uh, to kind of up the security and the safety of where she is placed. Um, so in 2014, Diana's former personal chef, Darren McGrady, he visited to pay his respects and he was very upset about the state of her burial site. So he actually went on Twitter to express his disappointment and he tweeted, if I cared for Princess Diana in life as you were doing in death, I would have been fired. And then he tags the Althorpe estate and mm. does hashtag clean the lake. And that was posted on August 13th in 2014. So after that, Earl and the estate did respond by remodeling Diana's burial site. This was the first facelift of the property 
um, that it had seen in 350 years. Wow. This um, moving of her burial site and everything they did in total cost them $27 million. Wow. And in a 2011 interview, Earl said that Prince Charles has not been to visit Diana at the estate. When he was asked why he thought Prince Charles hadn't visited, Spencer replied, um, quote, look at it from his point of view. It's an ex-wife at the end of the day, and maybe that's how he views it. He recently said he wanted to draw a line under the whole episode and let Diana rest in peace, and maybe he views him not going to see her as helping that process. So the remodel that they put Diana to finally lay and rest at um, is actually really beautiful. So it's no longer in the middle of the lake that she was once on. Um, she's kind of off to the back part of where there's a tree line. Um, so it's it's essentially a temple. It's got four beautiful columns in front of it, um, but it includes a black and white silhouette of her. Diana's name is engraved at the top of the temple. Um, and it also bears a quote from Diana to the left of where her silhouette is. The quote is, nothing brings me more happiness than trying to help the most vulnerable people in society. It is a goal and an essential part of my life, a kind of destiny. Whoever is in dis- distress can call on me. I will come running wherever they are. And then one of the other things that was, uh, I guess, sort of a slap mm-hmm. uh, from the royal family is that on her grave, it just says, Princess of Wales, Diana. And then, oh, um, yes. Uh, apparently, if anybody else like in the royal family died, it would say his highness or her royal highness, mm-hmm. his his royal highness or her royal highness. Yep. And they deliberately took that opportunity to kind of jab at her and not put her royal highness on there just because she was divorced recently and they, they fucking suck they just oh my god her. another thing i didn't realize is she was 36 william was 15 and harry was 12 oh. when she died can you imagine being a fucking 15 year old kid no. and your mom dying and your mom dying like that fuck no like absolutely not god the last thing that i have is uh charges brought against the paparazzi um, nine paparazzi were charged with manslaughter, but those charges were eventually dropped. Um, three were convicted of invasion of privacy for photographing the dead and dying. Each of those three were fined one euro by a French judge, which is around a dollar a piece. Oh my God. Around a dollar a piece. Like what, what does that do? Like there was no, there was no justice. Yeah, there was no there is, nothing. You shouldn't have even find them at that point like and to have charges dropped for those other what six paparazzis fuck yeah, like off. it's gotta be all or nothing right well i guess this is a good segue into some of the conspiracies okay um fuck yeah because talking about the paparazzi mm-hmm. so most of the conspiracies are put forth by muhammad al-fayed dodi's father oh, okay. um most of the most people who were involved either in Diana's life or with the case officially agree that it was an accident. And ultimately that is the official ruling mm-hmm. is that this is, this was purely an accident. Um, probably mostly at the fault of just 
the driver being mildly intoxicated. They don't mm-hmm. think that he was like insanely, right. you know, drunk or whatever, but that he was mildly intoxicated and that there was just a lot of stress and that nobody was wearing a seatbelt. That was mm. that was the other big thing. One of the things is that um, Trevor Reese Jones, who was uh, the bodyguard, mm-hmm. had been on the yacht with Dodie and Diana the whole time. Mm. And he had gone to Muhammad and asked for additional guards because he felt unsafe. Oh, no but shit. They, they denied him. I, I'm not sure. It, it was never clarified for me, but I'm not sure if like Dodie or Muhammad or both or uh-huh. whatever whoever the powers that be were, but they um, they said that they denied his request for the additional guards because they felt unsafe. Holy shit. Henri Paul, the driver, um, was definitely drinking. Um, he was drinking something called Ricard liquor. I don't know if you talked about that, but it's stronger than wine. So pretty potent stuff. So one of the other things is on the stand, um, the Al-Fayed lawyer, Michael Mansfield, accused Trevor Reese Jones of negligence. Like They tried to bring that as a charge because they said it was his fault that no one had seatbelts on. But I argue they're all what? fucking adults. They're adults, yes. I don't think that anybody else can be held liable for an adult not wearing a seatbelt in a right. car. Right, no, I agree. Um, And then I think that's just like a very dangerous precedent to set. There's also some uh conspiracy that i guess the number one conspiracy is that they were killed by mi6 which is like the secret super secret Mm. you know spy agency Mm -hmm. of the british whatever government um there is evidence that prince philip is islamophobic um i don't doubt that Hmm. for a second they are i don't either not good people um and that muhammad made a statement saying that prince philip is a super islamophobic he's a german bigot and would not tolerate the future king having a muslim half-brother because oh. he thinks or he posits um doesn't just think he suggests this in public that diana was already pregnant and they were about to get married um because she had said that she was going to have a big announcement for august 31st she had told the press oh. that and he he says that the announcement was that she was pregnant and getting married to Dodi Al-Fayed. but if you remember that i said that their whole romance was 30 days long yeah the likelihood that she got pregnant and knew in that time is so, so slim. Like, that would have mean they had to have sex on the first day that they hung out together, and she would have had to be ovulating at that time. And, like, also, even when you are ovulating, the chances of getting pregnant are not that high at 36. Mm-hmm. Like, it gets harder yeah. the older you get. And not that 36 is old, but it gets harder at that age. Right. The chances of that are so, so small. And also that, like, first day of that, like, 30 days, William and Harry were on the ship with them. Well, like, why would she be having sex with right. this great, strange new man? I don't, her sons yeah, I don't see that happening. With them. So I think that that's a bunch of baloney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, a lot of people were like, why would he suddenly kill this new is like Muslim guy that she was hanging out mm-hmm. with when she had been dating a Muslim guy exactly. for two years? Has not Khan. Yeah. And they say that there was never a ring in talks with Hasnat, but there was with Dodi. And so they had to step in before that became a thing. Jesus. But also, like, she was already divorced and, like, not a part of, like, they had already stripped her of her titles, yeah. whatever. Like, why do they care so much what she sa- what she does? But they were saying that it was because they didn't want the king to have a half-brother. Um, Fuck him. Oh, my God. So his theory about how that happened that mi6 killed him is that there was a white fiat with a dog in it which like fuck you for hurting the dog (laughs) 
um, that hit the Mercedes mm. and then flashed a strobe light in Honoré's face. Oh, um, I have heard of this one. Okay. I don't know. There's no evidence. And Trevor Reese Jones and his partner, who was also a uh, employee of the Fayed family, mm-hmm. both have testified that um, Muhammad like pressured them and threatened them into corroborating the story, mm. which neither of them know anything about. Weird. I know that trauma can affect your memory. Right. Like Trevor Reese Jones was both emotionally and physically traumatized by this, but I don't know. It just seems very far fetched. There's a counter conspiracy to that, that maybe the Fayette's had something to do with it because the hotel and the car and everything that they were like in and around mm-hmm. was all owned by the Fayette's. So who knows? Wasn't there a talk um, too of the brakes having a problem supposedly? And then. So that wasn't this specific car that oh, they okay. were in at the time of okay. the, um, the accident, but they're, supposedly 10 months before her accident, Diana had written Paul a letter that said, I'm afraid that Charles, or um, yes, that Charles is planning something and it's involving a car and she was extremely paranoid about it. And they were constantly checking her cars um, that she was driving around and just to put her at ease. Mm -hmm. Um, Not because anybody thought that there was actually something happening, but more for a peace of mind for her. Oh, hell no. Similar, but separate conspiracies Mm -hmm. there. Another conspiracy is that there was medical sabotage. So French protocols at the time for the way that she was stabilized um, at the scene before being transferred to the hospital. Mm -hmm. She was at the crash site for like two hours before she was brought to the hospital. A lot of that has to do with just like there were EMTs and paramedics, whatever they're Mm -hmm. called in France, working on her for that whole time, stabilizing Mm her. But there are some people that posit that if she if the crash had been in england or america or somewhere else with like different medical protocols mm-hmm. for that type of thing that she maybe would have survived it like she would have been very seriously severely injured probably in an icu for several weeks something like that but so and then on top of that like the way that the french handled it also what if she had been wearing her seatbelt? What would have happened? Right. I mean, that's probably the biggest one, mm-hmm. which I, I don't, that's not really a conspiracy. That's just kind of a safety, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then also that if she, if their car had hit the wall before the pillar, it would have mm-hmm. changed the way that the car like impacted everything else that right. they think that it might have been a less dramatic i guess Mm -hmm. impact um that they might have survived that as well it was so what do you think what's your final consensus definitely an accident i just don't think that i I mean uh, so there's like a theory about how conspiracies or like a tagline about how conspiracies rise and that it's Mm -hmm. real life plot holes lead to conspiracy theories and Mm. I think the plot holes are just that even people as famous and as like studied, I I don't even know how to call it, but Mm -hmm. the obsession with Diana, even those people have secrets. You're never going to know every single thing about another person. It doesn't matter how famous they are. Right. And so these plot holes that these people are positing are just secrets that she has as a woman with a private life right yeah like, like nobody fully knows the extent of her relationship with dodi but that's mm-hmm. okay that doesn't yeah. mean that somebody was murdered you know right right i mean i think she was 
like murdered in the sense that these paparazzis were chasing them. A hundred percent. But it's not. I. But I still think it was a car accident for sure. Yeah. I don't think there was a strobe light. I don't think that you know they did anything extra other than just be shitty paparazzis. Fuck. A few more things about the al or about Mohammed Al-Fayed in particular. Mm-hmm. He was extremely paranoid, so like him positing all these conspiracies is not a shock to anybody. <laughs> he had four bodyguards around him at all times. After this or before? Always. Um, what the hell? Uh, the Vanity Fair article that I read quoted, he has the look of a man who knows that he is disliked and doesn't care. He has also claimed that Prince Charles has conspired with his father and his, quote, Dracula family to murder Diana so that he could marry, quote, crocodile Camilla Parker Bowles, which calling her a crocodile is so fucking funny. And then he also said that um, Muhammad Al-Fayed ungraciously described his son's former fiance, Kelly Fisher, as a hooker and gold digger. Jeez. Which, you bitch. (laughs) Why do we talk about women like this? exactly it's so fuck 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 fucked fuck, up fuck. yeah oh. so like that's just like some insight into how muhammad al-fayed was that like for him to be like him positing all of these conspiracies and having this big court case about them and everything and accusing mm-hmm. all of these people of all this misconduct and whatever was just a way for him to get additional attention. I mean, after oh 100 percent yeah yeah after their death he had a department store and london that was like one of the Uh biggest ones it doesn't if it exists anymore he doesn't own it but Uh it's um he had a tribute to them like a almost like a shrine to Dodie and diana and like saying that they were like the greatest love story of all time and all this stuff and it's like dude you just want your son to be known as like diana's last lover kind of thing when she was barely when he was barely even a lover she didn't even like him yeah exactly this dude is fucked up what a weird fucking thing to cling to also. Like, it's just social climbing. It's, it's. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it's it. It's really bad. It's disgusting. And then also um, to discredit more people, I guess, um, the author, the author of that Vanity Fair article that I talked about, um, he thinks that the butler, Paul Burrell, was just in it for the money, especially because he was put on trial for stealing many of the princess's things in 2002. What? Um, yeah, he, I guess, and he was accused by the queen. Oh, fuck. Which, like, ma- gives me, like, a lot of pause. It makes me think that it's kind of credible because yeah. the queen was, like, loved him. And, I mean, he she could have turned on him after, you know, the whole, like, him taking Princess Diana's side, basically. Right. But still, he is now worth $30 million from, like, all of, like, his book deals and movie deals and Holy whatever. Holy shit. And he relocated to Florida. He left Britain, which, like... Uh, I've heard that Britain weather sucks. Why Florida? Of all Fuck places. Florida. I'm from there. I can say that. And then um, there was a whole thing that the sun, which is a tabloid in Britain, videotaped him, which like is totally entrapment, but they videotaped him secretly admitting to lying on the stand that he said that Diana on the stand. He said that Diana's mother called her a whore on the phone two months before her death. But then when he was being videotaped in the hotel room drunk, he said that he was lying. What the hell? Yeah. So I don't know. There's just a, it's like a lot of um, surrounding things that make everything else seem less believable. Yeah. So I, right. I, I, I don't know. It's just all worth mentioning. Damn. Well, I'm on the same side that it, it was purely a terrible accident. Just being in the general public, like we'll never know. We'll never know what 
really went on behind those closed doors and what conversations were truly had and actions were really taken and what was orchestrated, what wasn't. But that's obviously the shit that is going to tease our curiosity until the end of time too, because that's just, that's stuff we want to know, like as private as it is, but whew, we did it. We did Diana. Yeah. Uh, two and a half hours later or whatever. <laughs> Oh my god, girl, that was a good one. Yes, girl, it was. It was quite a doozy. Um, you guys, thanks for joining us and sticking through to the end. Hopefully you did. I know it was a long one. Um, we are so excited about this new adventure that we're all going on. Please follow us on Instagram at your next pod. Again, that's Y-O-U-R-E. <laughs> yes. And if you want to follow me, you can find me at Brooke Bovier, B-O-V-I-E-R. And you can follow me at Emilio R. Yabara, Y-B-A-R-R-A. And that's R, like the letter R, not the word R. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you guys liked us and enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and a five-star rating. This is going to help us reach so many more listeners and will drive us to get out more and more content for you to binge listen to. Yes, please do that. It would mean a lot. If you have a case you'd like us to cover, you can fill out the brief form on our website, yournextpodcast.com, or email us at yournextpod at gmail.com. <sighs> this, is, this is also real. It's wild. <laughs> uh, so what are we covering next? So next we are covering the case of Hella Crafts, which is also known as the Woodchipper Murders. <laughs> this poor woman was murdered by her disgusting husband. Fucking um, shitbag. Yeah. Um, so that episode is live and out for you guys to listen to. We will also be releasing new episodes every other Tuesday going forward. So please follow us and turn on those notifications on Spotify or wherever you're listening. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.